0: I had this great idea this morning. I thought we would just not, I would not preach today and I would take you all outside and I would say, you know, this is a perfect day for running. 50-ish degrees. It's kind of overcast. This is a day runners dream of running. And I would mark out a course, I'd have a course marked out, just, you know, a 5K, something simple to start out with, three, three or so miles, 3.1 miles, and we just go out and do that. And I'd say, just go at your own pace and enjoy the moment, and just think about what God is teaching you. How many of you would be with me this morning? <laughs> First service, I said, are, are you guys going to go with me? And they said, No. So maybe it wasn't such a good idea. I love racing. I like racing bikes. I love swimming. I, I, that's not really true, I lied to you. I, don't, I hate swimming, but I do it in a race. And I like running. In fact, I think I have a few races left in me still. I had to learn a new technique, running style, that wouldn't be so hard on my body. So that I could still run but most of us don't get excited about those things do we but the Apostle Paul talks about this metaphor of running the race and the Hebrew writer Also includes us in this idea that we were actually we are actually in a race even though maybe we don't want to be maybe Somebody said in first service that I haven't ran. I couldn't even run to the mailbox if I had to. Another one said, if you see me running, you better run too because something is chasing me because I don't believe in running. Maybe that's true for us, but the Hebrew writer tells us about this race and how important it is for us to realize that, first of all, we are racing. We are to be running metaphorically. In the Lord. So let's turn in your Bibles. And if you're joining us online, I hope you will get out your Bible or your tablet and look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. And this is following what we've been talking about more than surviving. We've seen such great examples in the Old Testament and New Testament characters, people who actually lived and and did what God called them to do and ran their race ran the race of their lives. We looked at Moses, and we looked at Daniel, we looked at Esther, we looked at Ruth, and we we looked at Nehemiah, and, and so many different ones, and how we are to do more than survive, and how we are to thrive spiritually. Finally, we're going to end with the greatest person of faith in the Bible, which is Jesus Christ. And we're going to be encouraged by the writer of Hebrews to follow Jesus. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. You're already racing, and you don't know it. And we are to run the race with endurance. This is not a sprint, it is a marathon of your life. I was training for a half marathon, 13.1 miles for the Indy Mini. The Train Through Terror at Hope, that does a great job every year, and they have a great training program. You just show up and, and you run or jog or whatever. And I was training for my first half marathon, and I ran into some triathletes who said, Why don't you try a triathlon? And I said, Well, I'm already training for this. And they said, Well, you can do this too. And I thought it was a great idea. Not so much. Bought a wetsuit so I could jump in the water in the beginning of May to, to to swim my first triathlon. And I I can't say that I was... I, I kind of was super excited, but kind of not. Who in their right mind buys a wetsuit so you can jump into cold water and swim a half mile? Not so bright. I was having a moment in my life. And I I wasn't thrilled. We were over at Hawthorne Park and I had a huge crowd. I I didn't think anybody was going to show up. But but for me, there were about 10 people there for me. And I'm thinking, this is my first triathlon and I'm just trying this out. And I wish you wouldn't have shown up because I don't know what's going to happen. Because I kind of slog my way through it. And actually what happened was, I'll tell you here in a little bit, wasn't what I expected to happen because up till that point, I thought everybody that starts would finish. And I, and I had to realize that each race is unique, whether you're running a 5K, wherever you're running, there may be more hills or less hills, it might be more flat, it might not, it, it, it's the same length, but it's different in different times of the year. My, my second Triathlon was at the end of July, and me naively saying, well, things didn't work out so well for my first triathlon, I might as well try a second one and see how I do. Well, this was like at 85 to 90 degrees. Not the smartest thing I've ever done. In fact, in fact, I was the first in my division. I also was last in my division, (laughs) because I was the only older, I was the oldest triathlete that did it, and I actually finished last among the whole crowd. In fact, they were waiting for me to show up at the finish line so they could tear it down. (laughs) How motivating is that? I did finish that one. But let's look at Hebrews chapter 12. It says, verse the latter part of that verse, it says, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Every race is different. Your race is different than my race. But we still have to keep moving, keep progressing, keep moving on. You have to keep running until you reach the finish line. I'm told in the 1968 Olympics, there was a guy named MMO Waldi who finished that 26 miles, 385 yard marathon in record time. But there was also another runner that came in last. His name was John Stevens Anawari, and he fell early in the race and was injured, and he crippled along throughout that race until he came into the stadium and most of the people were gone and the stadium wasn't dark, but the lights were down low and, and he finished across the line with only maybe a thousand or more spectators watching. Somebody came to him and said, well, why did you finish the race? And he said, you don't understand. My country sent me 7,000 miles not to see me start the race but to finish the race. And so he's a legend, not for winning, but for coming in last place and finishing. Eric Little was in the 1924 Olympics, and you might remember the movie Chariots of Fire, but... Preceding that preceding year in 1923, he ran a race, and it was with England and Scotland and Ireland. And and he ran the 100 meter and the 220 meter and finally the 440 meter. And what happened was his rival, J.J. Gillies, was racing against him and when the race started they started bumping and pushing and he caught got caught up in J.J. Gilly's legs and he tripped and he fell and he got 20 yards behind and he was kind of stunned and one of the officials yelled get up and run and so he did but 20 yards might have might as well have been 20 miles in the 440 because it goes so fast they're running at a, a A dead run as fast as they possibly could but a historic moment occurred in that event because starting from 20 yards behind he caught up and by the time he was in fourth place he worked his way up he was 10 yards behind JJ Gillies and by the finish line he stuck out his chest and actually won the race and for those old-timers that watched that event, they said nowhere, no way, any time in their lifespan had they ever seen a race ran like that. Folks, we might get knocked down. We might be behind. But when you're knocked down, we need to get back up and run. Because remember it's not how we start the race it's not if we get knocked down we will but it's how we get back up and run Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 the Apostle Paul says this he says and I'm sure of this that he who He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Because we are not running by ourselves. We are not on our own. We are being empowered by the Holy Spirit of God, by Jesus Christ, who's running with us, in us, and for us. And what we need to remember is to get back up and run. Now, in the Boston Marathon... At about mile 19 and by the way I've never run the Boston Marathon I've never qualified you've got to qualify for Boston but I have people that I know that have and they're amazing and I'm that's not on my bucket list but there's a lot of hills in Boston and they run a lot of hills from mile 13 on but at mile 19, the hardest hill in the Boston Marathon is called Heartbreak Hill. And this is about the time that you, you, your, your body is full of lactose and there's no more glycogen. And what, you, what a marathon calls the, the wall is you hit the wall at the same time you hit Heartbreak Hill. And the choice is either you drop out, you do not finish, or you continue step by step by step, stride by stride by stride up Heartbreak Hill. And it's a matter of the will, a matter of endurance to finish through that. In our lives, we're going to hit Heartbreak Hill sometime. We're going to have a loss. There's going to be a death. There may be a divorce. There may be a a child that is sick. But there's something that's going to happen that's going to be our heartbreak hill that we are going to have to persevere through and take it day by day, step by step, to persevere. James, the apostle James, brother of Jesus, says it this way. He says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life which God has promised to those who love him. God has promised you. He loves you. You need to be steadfast, step after step after step through heartbreak hill. Now the worst thing for a runner is the DNF. I've never DNF'd in a 5K or a 10K, or even in a half marathon, believe it or not. Never did not finish. But out of the four triathlons I've ran, I've left a DNF, because the first time, you know, in my wild and crazy days starting out thinking this triathlon thing was going to be wonderful, I popped a tire on 42 crossing the overpass because there was this big crack in the expansion joint of that overpass, and several people failed in that moment. And and I was frustrated. I didn't go. I went through a depression. I couldn't believe because I did not finish. I didn't know what that was. And so that's why in July I, I, I ran that triathlon and won my division. I'm so proud of that. Then I did the triathlon the following year at the very same spot over at Hawthorne Park, and I finished. It was the coldest day of spring. It was miserable. Some people got out of that water, and they didn't change into dry clothes. But being an older and, and uh, a division winner, well-experienced by that point, I changed clothes. I was completely dry. I wasn't going to risk hypothermia for a triathlon. I still have a little bit of sense. Not much, but a little bit. But in the next one, I did a, a Midwest Regional up in Kokomo. I went up there and I, and I did that. But guess what? I didn't check the chain on my bike. And about 50 yards into the race, I realized the chain wasn't hooked to the sprocket. And it jammed up and I, and, and if you know anything about bike racing, you're hooked in both feet into the, into your pedals. So I was stuck. And plus I, I was like, what's going on? Uh, my bike just locked up. And guess what? Chris didn't unclick. So he fell over and the sprockets went into my calf muscle. And so I rode through, through the, the bike race. But when it came time to run, my, my muscle was so tight and, and ruined that I couldn't finish that race. So I DNF'd again. I got, got, got back to the hotel, and Stacy was there, and she said, Well, how did you do? And I said, I did not finish. It's frustrating. Folks, the question is, what allows us to finish the race in Christ? And simply this. It's focusing on Jesus. Where's your focus in your race? Look what the Hebrew writer writes in verse 2 of this passage. He says, Looking to Jesus... Actually, this word means to fix your eyes or to focus on Jesus, the founder and the perfecter, the trailblazer and the completer of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. The cross was the heartbreak hill for Jesus. Jesus. It was not only the pain, it was also the shame. But he endured it to the point of death that we might have salvation, that we might live by faith in him. Jesus is the one who will get you to the finish line. Our faith and trust has to be on him and nothing and no one else. C.S. Lewis said it this way. If you read history, you will find the Christians who did the most for the present world were just those who thought most of the next. It is since Christians have largely ceased to think of the other world that they have become so ineffective in this. We've got to ask, where's your focus? Is it on Jesus? the author and the founder of our faith, the one that will take us all the way. It doesn't have to be a DNF. It, it does not have to be a do not finish. We can finish and finish strong. Like Paul says in 2 Timothy 4.7, he says, I fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Because Paul kept his eyes on Jesus. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. The finish is more important than the start. We can all start out exuberant and excited, but it's staying with it to the end. People are remembered for how they finish. And I want to challenge you today to say with Paul, I fought to good fight. I finished the race. I've kept the faith to leave a legacy for those that follow you, your friends, your family, your neighbors, to finish the race because you focused on Jesus. Will you please stand as I pray?